Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinsky. It is Saturday morning, September the 18th, as we record this. Sue, how you feeling? You look great. Oh, well, thank you. I, I've been up since five o'clock this morning. Now, why is that? I ran 12 miles today. Oh, no, really? Yeah. That's too too much running. Too, there's a line. There's a line you don't want to cross. 12 is too many. That's like half a marathon, isn't it? It pretty much is. One more mile would have been a marathon. Yeah, what's the... Well, uh, half marathon, I mean. Well, why, the, uh, why the running? Well, this is the deal. I am not running another race, a half marathon until November. Okay. But some people in my group are, and one, there was only one other woman who had to do 12 miles today. And she would have had to do it by herself because a lot of other people are up in San Francisco running a half marathon. And then people who ran uh, a half marathon last weekend didn't have to run that many miles. So is this like a running club? I, I belong to a running club. Yes. And who's the? Uh, do you, are you one of the officers? Are you like the vice president of the running club or the treasurer? Or any of those? I, I I do not have a position on the board. Do you intend to run? Um, I, I'm not going to run. Uh, for that they all I say just that. Continue. They all I say will. they're not going <laughs> to run at this stage of the game. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much responsibility. <laughs> too much responsibility. So I'm in a great mood because well, I'm- you were asking me why I ran. So let me finish. Oh, so okay. The Sorry. Why, so the reason why I ran today, even though I didn't have to run these miles, yeah, is because she would have had to run by herself. She and we started at five thirty, and it's dark, and it's really no fun to run that many miles by yourself anyway, even if it's light out. Right. So I was just being a nice person and no, I that's volunteered, very nice. volunteered to run with her. Yeah. So there you go. So I, I get up and exercise this morning. I've been doing pretty good on my exercise. I've got this uh, bike. You know which bike I'm talking about? It's Is like it an Peloton? Assault, no, it's like an assault bike. It's much cheaper than a Peloton. Pelotons people buy and then they use them just to hang clothes on. Like I know people who bought Pelotons. And then they use them three times and never use them again. They're all ambitious when they make the purchase for 3700 bucks or whatever that is. Uh, but then they never use it again. So we got a cheap, cheaper bike. When I went to the World Series last year, uh, Juan did not m- want me to go to the World Series. And he said, fine, if you want to go, then I'm going to buy a bike. And so why we- didn't he? Go to the World Series. Uh, you know, COVID and oh, okay. remember it was like it was like right, right at the very beginning of the whole mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, Okay, fine, I'm buying a bike. And we call it the spite bike because he bought it out of spite <laughs> because I went to the World Series. But it's one of those assault bikes where the arms go back and forth. And- like a robot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I've been doing that. And then I've been meditating a lot. I've been using this app called Headspace. Ever you've used uh, Headspace? I've heard of it. It is really good. There's a very soothing British man named Andy Pudicombe who actually does the uh, the meditations with you. And I'd really like to meet him. I'd really like to get him on the show, although I think we might immediately fall asleep because he is so calming and so reassuring. But I would love to have Andy on the show. So I, I get cranking. When I exercise and I do my meditation in the morning, I am just like flying, flying suit. You have exercise hair today. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Well, I, I didn't want to say anything, but so do you. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I guess I do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so thank you very much. We, we talked about this on the show a bunch of times, but I was in a golf match with uh, my radio partner, John Ireland, uh, last week, two weeks ago. And you showed up uh, and were part of my rooting section, and it meant a lot to me. And I think... I think it went better than I thought it was going to go. Oh, absolutely. And I think John thought it went better than he expected. I think he was very, very impressed by a lot of the shots that you made. I mean, the first hole, you got yourself in a little trouble. Yeah. And your approach shot, you got right on the green. Yeah, right on the green. And it was it was not like a gimme. You know, it wasn't like a pitch or a chip shot. I mean, it had some yardage to it. And... So, I mean, you, you did have a lot of shots like that throughout the day. And I killed with my putter. You my did? putter was money. 
uh, on, uh, on that day against John. So I was, and, and so everybody wants to know, why well, are you going to keep playing? Are you going to keep going out? I'm like, yeah, I probably will. I mean, I'm never going to necessarily go out and play 18 holes, but I'll go play the executive course par three. Cause I have a lot of fun doing that with, uh, with you and our friend Dave Singer. And I've got a friend, Mark Cates who wants to go out with us. So I'll keep, I'll keep doing that. That's, that's fun. And not stepdad Leo came. Not stepdad Leo came. what do you think of uh, not stepdad Leo's game? He's a hoot. He is. <laughs> so you know, nothing about his game, but he's a hoot. Well, his game, you know, he said that he hasn't played in a long time. So he actually, he actually hit the ball pretty good. He just was offline with a lot of his shots. Um, but I know that, you know, I, I have a potty mouth. And then he said, well, I got a really bad potty mouth. So I really, really enjoyed hanging out with him yeah. because he's completely uncensored. And he's he really is a lot of fun. He is fun. Well, when you get to be 80, you might as well say whatever the hell you want. You know how <laughs> old people just start saying like random things that uh, you would never say if you were being polite. Like my grandmother once said to me, she pinched me in the middle and said, boy, you got fat. <laughs> like, keep it to yourself. You're well, it's like to- it's 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 kind of like the the arc of being a child and being uh, elderly, right? Because kids, kids will blurt out anything. Will say too. anything. Yeah, I I, I once uh, was went to some like art opening, and my friend's son was there, and he was kind of a wise ass little kid. I mean, from from like the get go, right? And he he comes over to where I'm standing and he looks at me and he says, you smell. (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up. Uh, Yeah. I, overall, I was happy with the golf thing. Um, I was happy with, um, with the way it went down. It was a cool event. It was really cool. And uh, yeah, and I'll probably play. I'll go back and play. I hope you do. I was actually thinking today, you know, we, we got to go out and play again. Yeah. We got to go out and play. Cause I'm, I'm taking lessons again now. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, how many times, how many different times have you taken lessons now? Oh God. Like probably 20. You're just cycling through teachers. Well, you know what? This guy, he's, I think he, he's going to be the last one. He's the guy. He's the guy. He, you know, he used to play, he played college football. He played, um, for Notre Dame. Okay. He's a big guy. Pat Polner is his name. And he's just a character. He's very, very funny. So his whole thing is he starts from the ground up from putting. You learn putting to chipping to pitching to the, you know, eventually to the full swing because that's really the foundation of the swing. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't get it, especially in chipping, if you can't get that pitching, that chipping stroke, you will never, ever be able to successfully do the full swing. So, so he, when, whenever I take lessons with him, after you hit the ball, he demands that you keep the pose because, you know, a lot of times you hit it and then you stand up. Sure. He says that you need to keep the pose because I want you to see what you did right, what you did wrong. So we're at the chipping range and he tells me, and, and I, I, I hit the ball and it didn't, you know, it was an errant shot. And then I just immediately stood up and he said, what are you doing? He said, you're supposed to keep the pose. And he says, you know, I have a client who works in forensics and I'm teaching him the other day and he does exactly what you do. Yeah. And I looked at him and I, and I said, what are you doing? You're supposed to keep the, keep the stance there. And the guy says, I'm hiding the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> the CSI approach. So anyway, so he he's a real character and we have a lot of fun and I and I and I'm seeing improvement already. So Good. I'm glad. So I'm not going to talk about how great my game is because then I'll That's go out. That's bad and luck. Fun. Exactly. That's bad luck. Right. You watched Ted Lasso, right? Oh my god. We watched like 3 of them last night. Yeah. Um I you know, I got like teary-eyed on almost it, every episode. It it was just well, I don't. I don't know what. What do you want? You have you seen the whole season? Yeah, the second I'm, I season? have seen everything except last night. Okay, so we we watched the one with um, his niece having bad breath. Yes, and it was such a brilliant. Yeah, episode. It's really good. Oh you see, he's getting a million dollars an episode next year. Yeah, I saw he got a race. Yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it. 
that's, I don't know. It proves that you can, especially in this age, we've talked to so many comics about, you know, saying the wrong thing and what can happen when you say the wrong thing. And I remember Paul Provenzo, I'm sorry, not Paul, but uh, Paul Reiser, when he was on the show, I asked him about that and he said, no, you just have to be smarter and more clever. And it's kind of cool because none of the jokes are mean. Like the, the tone of the show is so positive and optimistic that it proves you don't have to be mean to in order to land a joke. Which takes me to Norm Macdonald. Did you know, uh, I, know I, Norm? I, 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 that was going to be my segue as well. Okay, well, let's go into Norm Macdonald. Yes, yes. Um, I didn't know Norm very well. I worked with him briefly on um, Last Comic Standing. Okay. But I worked in post. So I was at all of the... Um, at all of the live shows, but we never really got to know one another. We talked a little bit at the, at the rap party. Um, we never crossed paths in standup. I never worked any shows that he was on, hmm. which makes me sad that I didn't really, really know him. Right. But, um, boy, nobody funnier than Norm McDonald. Oh, and talk yeah. about being inappropriate and saying things that, I mean, I mean, he got fired, you know, from Saturday Night Live for all the oh, jokes yeah. that he made about OJ. But that was a personal thing, too, with Olmeyer. With Don Olmeyer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of those OJ jokes is still the funniest Weekend Update joke of all time. So they put up a picture of um, OJ. Remember when Johnny Cochran tried on the ski cap? Right. Okay. So OJ's in the foreground, and then in the background, there's Johnny with the ski cap. And uh, Norm says, OJ was heard to say, careful with that, Johnny. That's my lucky stabbing hat. (laughs) I watched the, he did the uh, ESPYs. He was the host of SP6. Mm -hmm. And I went back and looked at that monologue. And I am like, not one of those jokes could you even approach telling again. They are so inappropriate. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, he, he did, he definitely did have that style. I mean, even as a judge on Last Comic Standing, I mean, you know, we're, we're in the, you know, watching it in the control room and all the executives from, uh, NBC are sitting there and it's like, <gasps> it's like, uh oh, <laughs> and he's off. And he said some things to some of the comics that were just <laughs> relentless. I mean, just mean. And then he would give them some really, really, um, you know, critical you know he gave them like unbelievable criticism you know um but i was watching i started watching a lot of um his interviews and i was watching a conan o'brien episode where courtney thorne smith was on yeah and i guess prior to her coming out he must have talked about that he had a really really bad cold so she comes out and he immediately goes over and hugs her like really <laughs> tight and gives her a kiss. And then Conan comes around the desk and pushes him away. Like, you just told everybody how sick You've you got are. A cold. What are you doing? <laughs> so, you know, he, he's like a little kid. I mean, he's got that grin, you know, yeah. the Cheser cat, you know, grin. So, um, she starts talking about, um, you know, the, what you know i get it was the last episode of i don't even know what show she was on at the time but it was it was like it was wrapping up yeah and um he was flirting with her and conan's flirting with her and then um conan brings up that she's doing a movie with um what's his name um oh god the oh god um I can't believe I'm like blanking on his name um he's the comedian with the red hair and uh, uh carrot top carrot top I, yeah Okay, so one of the one of the best, by the way, one of the best comics working today. Oh my god! So they're making fun. They're making fun of her that she's doing this movie with Carrot Top, and Norm is just like relentless about it. You know, like oh, I wouldn't. You know, you know who would go see that movie? And then Conan's like, but she's in the movie, and he says, oh, 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 I would see anything that she's in. He's like backpedaling. So, so then Conan says, what's the name of the movie? And he said, she says, uh, chairman of the board and you just, the camera's on Norm and Norm says, yeah, board spelled B O R E D. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I never had more text chains going after a comedian passed away than I did after Norm passed away. Like all of us were like, cause there was a cult aspect to norm like he wasn't he was not necessarily a mainstream guy but he was 
a, a cult comic who everybody, everybody followed, uh, all my friends. And if you, if you want to seriously see what the world looked like, uh, back in 1990, whatever it was, uh, go watch that SB's monologue, which is just like knockdown, drag out, inappropriate, unbelievably funny. Uh, couldn't get rid of it. Couldn't, couldn't, it's just hard to believe it was ever on ESPN as, as a monologue on the ESPY's award. Right. That they allowed it to air. That they allowed it. Exactly. Did you, did you ever hear his moth joke? No. This is a, his infamous joke. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go because, because he, he went like, like so so long on it it kind of reminded me of the aristocrats the aristocrats bit. yeah but he went it, he was on conan and he said that um he wanted to tell a joke and conan said you know where's the joke from he says oh that my driver who picked me up told me this joke so it's basically a, a moth goes into a podiatrist's office and then he just belabors it but the gist of it is is that he starts complaining about his life yeah and he's saying how you know my kid is just you know i don't get along with my kid and my wife and and it's it's just how miserable and miserable his life is but he never talks about his feet or anything about <laughs> physical you know and so the podiatrist looks at him and he says uh well then why are you here and he said the light was on <laughs> but he went on for like six minutes <laughs> and the to light get to that. was on <laughs> what did and i hear he he <laughs> went on i think it was mark Marin. i heard a clip and he said he thought the perfect joke was always if it could start and finish with exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And he says the closest he ever got was Julia Roberts and uh, Lyle Lovett are getting a divorce because she's Julia Roberts and he's Lyle Lovett. <laughs> that was the closest he ever got to the perfect joke. <laughs> that is hysterical. And I, did you ever read his book, his memoir? No, never did. Oh my God, this should be required reading for everybody. Um, for everybody. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is so goddamn funny. I've never laughed so much reading a book. It's, it's, uh, it's called, um, based on a true story and it's a, a memoir. Okay. I'm putting it in the queue. And he actually does an audio, um, book, which I, I, oh, I, I'm sure I, I just read the book, but I'm sure the audio must be. Just oh, even yeah. more historical. Anyway, it's it's unbelievably funny. Well, as we like to say on the Mason and Ireland show, when somebody passes away, hail fellow, well met. He uh, he made a mark, um, and yeah. people uh, people will uh, remember him for forever. Really, yeah, yeah. So this is this is Sue's news, by the way. We do this every couple of weeks, where Sue starts throwing topics at us, and we start kicking them around. And uh, you don't have to have a guest every single show, although we've had really good guests lately. I got really great feedback on Arturo Garcia. Mm. We had on uh, this last episode and he was so good and so charming. And that Alternatino uh, sketch show that he did is so damn funny. So we always have great guests, but sometimes it's just it's just you and me chopping it up a little bit. OK, there you go. All righty. So. Well, being that the Emmys are uh, are going to be um, tomorrow night, yes, I thought I would start with this story. So yeah. I don't know if you read about this, but um, there's a throwaway line in the last episode um, about a uh, you know the real a real Soviet chess champion. Her na name is Nona Garprindashvili or something. It's very okay, so you're talking about uh, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Yes. Okay. So she filed uh, a defamation lawsuit against Netflix on, on this past Thursday over a line referencing her in the season finale. And um, basically it says that um, the only, the line was the only unusual thing about her really is her sex. And even that's not unique in Russia. Okay, she's okay. a Russian um, champion. Right. There's nothing that uh, um, that she can do, but she's there's nothing um, Nona, but she's she's the female world championship, um, and has never basically it said that she never faced any men in any okay. of her competition, any it. of the competitions. But she did. She faced like I don't know, like fifty nine guys 
throughout her career. Okay. And she's, she's claiming, and her lawyers are claiming, that the only reason why they put that line in was to amp up the drama and um, just make something out of nothing, basically. Okay. Just for... The show. The, just for the narrative that they wanted to tell right. in, the, in the show. And I don't know, like, my feeling is that when something is based... Well, I want to ask you, if something is based on a true story or inspired by actual facts, yes, is the network or a movie studio, do they kind of get a pass when they put things in that aren't exactly the way it happened huh. in, in real life? That's an interesting question. So obviously she is a public figure, at least in this little corner of the world. She was a world champion, so people know who this Nona was. Mm -hmm. They misstated her historical record. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like she probably does have room to complain here. I mean, I she don't would, think... But she, the lawsuit, the lawsuit's for $5 million. Really? $5 million. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. So she has a lawsuit, but it's for like a chunk of a lot of change. Yeah. Um, well, it's not a $5 million lawsuit, uh, but she does have room to complain here. She's a real life person. She was included as a plot point or as a story point, a historical touch point in this show. And they misstated her record. So it feels like, yeah, she probably does have a case. I don't think it's more than an apology. Do you? That, that, that's what I think. I don't yeah. think that she has, um, it has any legs as far as monetary value, especially that much money. Um, yeah. I mean, look, you know, if someone was doing something and they said something about me that wasn't true and it got out there, I would be like, you know, that never, I never did that. I never said that. Um, and, and, and it would, it would really piss me off. Yes. You know, I mean, I think of times in my career where I was misquoted. Yeah. Or sure. somebody, um, misquoted a joke of mine that ended up in a joke book. Yes. You know, and it's like, oh my God, it makes it look like I'm a shitty writer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if somebody misstated something about my career, I'm trying to think what it would be. Uh, uh, Steve Mason, uh, I don't know, Steve, Steve Mason did something stupid and I hadn't done something stupid. Would I have recourse? I don't know if I've got recourse. I think I can demand an apology, mm -hmm. uh, but, but beyond that, I don't think so. I think there's probably an element of jealousy here, right? Because, you know, here she was a chess world champion mm -hmm. and this show has now taken all of her shine. Like I would think, Hey, why did they make the show about this? Uh, pretend character winning at chess. When I was winning at chess my whole life, the story should have been about me, not about this uh, fictional character. Yeah, maybe some sour grapes. Yeah, so I think there's a little sour grapes there. Um, and yeah, so I, I think an apology is about as far as I would go. If you've never seen Queen's Gambit, I mean, I, everybody knows has seen it. It's, it's such an unbelievable show. And Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be a huge, huge star. She was really funny on Saturday Night Live, too. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. She's really funny on Saturday Night Live. So, yeah, she's got she's got other clubs in her bag despite uh, a beyond wide-eyed looking at chess pieces uh, the way she did a lot of in in that show. But if you've not seen Queen's Gambit, damn, it's good. Okay, so I think it's happening this weekend. Um, Purdue is playing um, Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. I believe that's correct, yes. Okay. So they have this, the world's largest drum okay. that they've had since 1979. Who does? Purdue has it? Purdue does. Okay. okay? And they have played... The, they take this drum with them when they travel. <laughs> yeah. And the last time, I guess, they played at Notre Dame, Notre Dame, I guess, a after they had played there, um, they've renovated part of the stadium. Okay. So now the drum doesn't fit through, um, the, I guess, the walkway from the visitors. Okay. Room, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So, but it would fit through Notre Dame's side, but it doesn't fit through the visiting side. And um, Notre Dame said, you know, I, you can't bring it here because we're not going to allow you to take to it through it, our tunnel, to take it through our tunnel. And <laughs> I guess the last time it's the first time since 1979 that they haven't been able to take their giant drum, ass drum on the road. <laughs> the last time, I guess, um, someone stole the big drum, right? <laughs> so do you think that Notre Dame is kind of being an ass? Yeah, I think they're kind of being petty here. I mean, if the big drum, first of all, Notre Dame is heavily favored in this game. Right. I, I can't believe Purdue has a shot to win. So let them have their drum. I mean, it's the one thing that they've got, right? They're going to lose the game. At least let them have their big drum that they can beat on. How let big them, is the drum? Like, what's the diameter of this drum? They say that it's uh, it's estimated to be 10 feet tall and weigh 565 oh pounds. God. The drum was originally constructed in 1921. And, oh, it's going to turn 100 years this season. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's, it's like, the drum's let them, 100th birthday. Let them play the drum and eat it on the field as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's petty on the part of uh, a part of Notre Dame. I, I, yeah. love, I love all those old college football traditions. Not for some reason, I think since the Rams came to town, and I don't need to tell you, I'm a Rams season ticket holder and part of the Ramley. Uh, the college football seems less important to me. Like I'm less engaged with football on a Saturday than I am on a Sunday. I'm still, yeah. I'm still a big Trojans fan and they mm -hmm. fired Clay Helton. This I week. know now they're out looking for a new head coach and I'm excited about that. But I, I put so many of my eggs in the Rams basket. I don't have the attention span to also give up Saturdays for college football, but let them have their drum. It's about all they've got. Exactly. And, you know, I have a real issue with when people try to prevent you from getting something that really does, does nothing negatively towards them. And uh, a case in point, okay, went out to dinner the other night to this really cool restaurant in, yeah. in Long Beach, right? Tom and I have gone there pretty much ever since it's open. It's like like some of the best Italian food I've ever had. So they have all their seating outside, a lot of the seating outside now, and it's a little cramped. Okay. So we put, we put our name down and they actually, there were a lot of people waiting outside, but a lot of people were waiting for takeout. So we were, we were next up and there was a table, um, and kind of like jimmied in between, I guess, two other tables. Okay. And there was a, 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 a couple sitting behind the table that was our table but we were we were a party of four and there were there was only three chairs there or two chairs or whatever okay. so they they couldn't they couldn't seat us because they didn't have any extra chairs but the table behind us they had two extra chairs at their table yeah which we could have sat like immediately we didn't have to wait for anybody to finish their meal so i just walked over and I said to the couple, "Are is anybody sitting in these chairs?" And they had food on the table already. Right. So there and was nobody coming. There was nobody coming, and the woman said, uh, "No, no one's sitting there." And I said, "Oh, well, can we take the chair?" And she says, <sighs> and she just gives me one of those. <sighs> and then she uh, she says, uh, "Well, you know, I think it's pretty rude that you're interrupting our dinner." Oh, come on! And I looked at her and I said, "Really." And she said, yes, really. And, you know, Tom knows me, you know, I got a big oh, mouth. Oh, yeah, you, and, and you, are, and, you can and be I, confrontational. If he, if, he, if he wasn't there, I would have really went at it with her. Really? Like, what would, what would that have looked like? Well, I would have been like, you got to be kidding me. Seriously, I mean, you're not even using them. And, you know, I'm, I interrupted your dinner. I said, you're preventing us from sitting down and having dinner with two chairs that you're not using. So, what is the big deal to be nice and help somebody here? See, I'm, I'm conflict avoidant. Like I, maybe I wasn't always like maybe when you and I worked together in New York, I was not conflict avoidant, but now I'm conflict avoidant. I try to not get into these little squirmishes. Yeah. Because they don't seem worth it. It's like, what's the upside to confronting that lady except venting my own 
feelings and making for an uncomfortable dinner for everybody. Oh, no, it, it, it went away. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't sit with it, but I guess sometimes I just need for people to know you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like she really was, she really felt like put out. And my take was, what, can't you just be nice? See, for me, I would not confront her, but I, it would, it would simmer in my brain for the entire dinner. And I would hold a grudge and I would look over there and I give her dirty looks and stuff like that. And I tell everybody else at the table, that woman, she is, she is no good. And I'd be pissed off the entire meal, but I would never actually uh, confront her. I oh, just yeah. bitch about her behind closed doors before yeah. she couldn't hear. I'm a confronter. Yeah, you are. You're, you <laughs> will just jump right out there and make your confrontation. Okay. So, um, by the way, I should mention Notre Dame's only a seven and a half point favorite in that game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the drum may be all the difference in the world. <laughs> they are one gigantic drum, drum away, away. <laughs> from, from beating Notre Dame. Yeah. They really need to lighten up and let them have their way. Exactly. Um, so I'm not a big TikTok person. I mean, oh I, I, God, I, I love. I'm so big on TikTok. Uh, are you? Do you actually post I, on TikTok? I have a TikTok account at Venice Mace. If you want to follow, I've put <laughs> up exactly one post. I okay. do not get the TikTok thing at all. I, I don't either. I mean, you know, there was that kind of fun TikTok that the guy did on the skateboard with the Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, and he had yeah. the cranberry juice, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some fun stuff. There's I, really I, fun stuff though, Sue. If you like, uh, for example, have you seen people try the milk crate challenge? No. They stack up these milk crates into uh, stairs, and mm-hmm. you're supposed to walk up the milk crates, and everybody crashes and burns. Nobody can do the milk crate challenge. Has anybody hurt joking, themselves? Oh, yeah. They hurt themselves all the time. Well, I think a lot of it ends up with people really hurting themselves. Yeah, it can definitely happen. It can definitely happen. And now it's, it's become very sinister. Although, you know? Uh, you know what? There are people to get recipes off TikTok. Yes. It's the good and the bad, you it's know, good just, and the bad, like, yeah. just like all of this social, these social media sites, you know? Yes. Um, so there's a school in Kentucky <laughs> where there's this new trend where students are acting like dogs. <laughs> So they're barking. I don't know what else they're doing to act like dogs, but they're barking. So the the um a spokeswoman, a spokesperson for the school went on Facebook yep. to notify the families about how social media is affecting students' behavior. Yes. And they actually had to write, we want to make you aware of some observations we have made this year regarding some behaviors and trends we are noticing that are different from prior years. <laughs> Kids are making animal noises toward each other, (laughs) specifically barking. In addition, we could use your help regarding the clothing items these social media trends have inspired. So I guess they're wearing like collars with like spikes on them. Like dog collars? Like dog collars with spikes. (laughs) And then this is the funniest part. This is the second time at a Kentucky school that they've had an animal related issue. In August, a grandmother told a radio station that high school students <laughs> had been acting like cats. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So like the younger kids are dogs and dogs. then the older kids, you grow out of dogs you go, and you, you start become acting a cat. like cats. You become a cat. <laughs> and I guess college, maybe mountain lion. I don't know. <laughs> so... um it's really, really crazy. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's nuts. And I just feel like you know, if they want to continue <laughs> behaving like dogs, well, maybe in the cafeteria, all these kids who are acting like dogs should have their food in a bowl in on a bowl. the floor. <laughs> they probably would and a go water for bowl, it. <laughs> and they shouldn't be allowed to go to the bathroom inside. Oh God! Well, it is what Kentucky, is go- right? What is going on? It's Kentucky. I think that's part of it, right? Oh, I don't know. It's a TikTok thing. You know, I, I, a lot of people, you know, my dogs have voices. This actually gives me a good opening. You know, so my dogs have voices. Uh, Sophie, uh, my beagle has a voice. And my uh, Fredo, my little terrier mix has a voice. And Hollis, who's passed away, he has a voice too. And so 
and, and obviously your dog has a voice. My dog has a voice. Yeah. So um, we have conversations all the time around the house. Um, I've done this with you have, before, haven't I? You have. Yeah. Hello, this is Sophie. Hi. Hi, Sue. How are you? <laughs> yes, uh, we are like a Sue. We listen to the Culture Papa podcast. I don't listen. We don't get it up here in heaven. Uh, how, how is it so stupid? They have conversations all the time. and what? No, no. They don't have conversations. You have conversations. Mm, I like to think of it as them <laughs> having conversations. Okay. <laughs> it gives them little personalities. And Juan is upset because I've given personal, a, a really kind of rude personality to Sophie, who is his ultimate baby dog. Yeah. Why is so mean to me? I... So you are in this entertainment world. You've got all these deals out there. Why can you not get me a job in voiceover? Yeah, why not get Vivi a job in voiceover? Um, I'll I'll get right on it after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please, we needed the extra cash. Yeah, so please. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, that segues in great. Um, speaking of wait a animals, minute, that segues great into something. My yes. doing my dog's voices. Well, just this whole, all this animal talk. Okay, got it. So, <laughs> it got me at the headline of this. Um, a six-year-old bottlenose dolphin had a romance with a 23-year-old research assistant named Margaret Howe <laughs> during a wild 10-week fling in the 1960s. <laughs> And I'm thinking, well, there's quite an age difference. And, yeah. and of course, the 60s. Oh, the 60s. Oh, the 60s. Free, free love. love. Free love <laughs> with aquatic animals. <laughs> so um, what happened was when the when it was actually an experiment that NASA was doing. Okay. Where they were trying to see if um, if they had a human spend all of this time with a dolphin, they built like this dolphin house in like 22 feet of salt water, you know? Nice. And she lived there like 24 hours. Dolphin this- house. How many beds? How many baths? What was the dolphin house like? I think it was like a dolphin like studio. Okay. Like dolphin a big, studio. Big studio. Nice. And, um, and they were hoping that, um, that living with this human, the dolphin would be able to mimic mm. the language, right? Okay. So, so the, so after the experiment ended because they ran out of funding. Yes. They said that the dolphin <laughs> committed suicide. No. Yes. Because the woman the, the woman wasn't with him anymore, but the crazy thing <laughs> I thought maybe she broke up with him, <laughs> you know. I don't know whether she was seeing it's other dolphins. It's not about you, it's about me. It's me. It's I don't me. know if she was dating a porpoise. I don't know what happened <laughs> to make her an leave otter. Him. I'm leaving you for an <laughs> otter. <laughs> but the weirdest thing about it... Wait a minute, it gets that, weirder? Yeah, it's pretty weird. So um, the, the woman noticed around week four that Peter the dolphin had Peter, started... To, he's got a person name. His name is was Peter. Yeah. He and they 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 write in this whole piece, Margaret and Peter, Margaret and Peter. <laughs> so notice that in week four he started to become sexually aroused oh. around her, and he would be flirtatious, nibbling at her and rubbing against her legs. Wow! Right? So as Peter's urges became more and more lusty. <laughs> the researcher decided to start pleasuring the dolphin in a bid to keep him focused. Wow. Blowhole. So blowhole. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so she, she denied that it was sexual for her, but acknowledged that for him, that it was more of a sensuous experience anyway, for him. So she, like she was she having was a fake, conversation. No, with she was him. faking it. Well, I, I think she was a bit of a cock tease, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> And hence the term after they break up, broke up, there's more fish in the sea. Hello. I'll be here all night. <laughs> um, but she, she said that she did admit she formed a deep emotional bond with him. Well, I mean, dolphins are smart, right? 
mm-hmm. by all accounts. You know, right. they can they can talk and communicate and all that stuff. I've read, I don't know, Margaret Mead or people like that are saying stuff like that about dolphins. Right. So I guess they have a personality, right? They have some level of intellect. Um, right. Is it different than falling in love with your dog or being in love with your dog? I mean, not in a, obviously not in a, sexual way but we well, bond I think that I think that's where you know you have to draw the line here because <laughs> you know she was she was pleasuring him she was pleasuring him yeah that probably and is then you know her the big line. you know you know she was saying well no I, I mean I, I I wasn't getting anything out of it you know this is you know this was you know you know I was just doing this for him you know and it's like uh I'm I'm not believing anything right now I don't believe you <laughs> Oh God, that is such a weird story. And now has she come forward and written a book about it or something? No, I don't know. My where days Mar- with Peter. I, I don't. I don't know where <laughs> Margaret is right now. Um, but wow. I mean, I mean, you know, it's funny because you do hear of you know, you know, people like women. I've heard women, you know, who who have had horses and talk about the love for their horses. Right. But I've never ever heard them talk about like, you know, giving a horse a hand job. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I've never heard that before. No. <laughs> never no. Heard. And look, and I love my dog so much yeah. that I, I used to joke in my act that, you know, if I could marry him, I would, you know, yeah, because sure. I love him so much. But it would have been a completely platonic. Platonic. Marriage. Yeah. It's platonic <laughs> yes. with your dog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is such a weird story. I would get my dog a hooker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um all right. Well, it's baseball season, so let's uh this is kind of a cool Let's story. complain about the match. Oh boy. There's not enough hours in the day to complain about the Mets. And it's not only By the way, it's about, the owner that's complaining on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Read all this stuff. He, he's like the Trump of M, of Major League Baseball. He really is. He's like if uh George Steinbrenner had Twitter, this is what it would be like. And Absolutely. it's not good it's not good for the team. No, it's not good for the team. And I mean there's so many things wrong with the Mets and it you know, their manager should not be their manager. You know, it, sometimes when he makes moves. I feel from home that I should be able to call in to the dugout and take him out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I wish so badly I could. Well, that owner would probably make the call. It's he's so ill-suited for this job. You know, they Is that were saying Luis, Luis, Luis Rojas, Rojas, right? You know, they were saying that he managed in the minor leagues, and they said he was a, a good man, a minor league manager. And, and the reason that they said he was good was because there's not, a, there's nothing really at stake in the minor league. Sure. Yeah. You're not vying for any kind of championship or, you know, and, but he really just doesn't have the skills, um, to, to be a major league manager. So maybe you'd, you'd fire Luis Rojas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'd definitely not bring him back. That's for sure. All right. So what was your baseball story we were going to do? Before okay. Complaining so, about um, Christian Yelich, um, this weekend bought 10,000 tickets yeah. to the series um, against the Cardinals, their division rivals, and gave them away to home fans. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> what happened to your voice? It just got really high. <laughs> that's Sophie? <laughs> it's nice. No, that's Hollis. That's Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the angle on this? Where are we going? That Chris Neolich is a nice guy or what's Well no, I just I you know, I, I just love when when athletes or, you know, celebrities do something really, really cool for their yeah, fans. Sure. And I just thought that that was a really cool thing. So of course you always have to get a wise ass Brewers fan on Twitter. <laughs> he said, I'd rather have Yelich stop hitting ground outs and help the team on the field instead of buying tickets. <laughs> you ungrateful bastards. <laughs> oh, Twitter can be so mean, can it? <laughs> oh, and then some someone complained and said, um, if tickets are being given away for free, why should fans still have to pay an online ticket fee? <laughs> Especially since the only option is to get them online. Yeah, right, right. So he should have picked up the tag tab on that. 
Oh, what complainers, what whiners. Um, yeah, no, Christian Yelich is a nice guy, great player from Southern California. At one point, I thought he was going to get traded to the Dodgers. Mm. He's a great player. He's not having the greatest year in the world, but Milwaukee's really good. I'm not sure what those people are complaining about. Uh, free know. tickets, free tickets. I I'm trying to bring everybody to, um, I'm not allowed to, I'll, I can tell this story here. So, not allowed to say, we're not allowed to give away Dodgers tickets because the Dodgers are on a different radio station, flagship radio station. So like, they're not allowed to give away, away Rams tickets because we've got the Rams and we've got the Lakers. So they're not allowed to give away. So anyways, I've been taking uh, groups of fans and people from the staff to uh, Dodger games. And I have to say, uh, Mason taking fans to a local baseball game on Wednesday night. So I can't say Dodgers. I have to say taking them to a local baseball game. But uh, everybody gets it. Everybody, everybody understands knows. it. But it's really, really fun. And this next, uh, we're going for Julio Arias bobblehead night. He's got 18 wins, by the way. And we're sitting in the right field pavilion. I've never sat in the right field pavilion. Before. Oh, nice. In the home run area. So I'm super psyched about that. But How do I get to be a fan and go to the game? I'll work in. You want, you want to go? I'd love to go. Okay, I'll work in. I'll work in. And by the way, you know how much the station is putting towards this project? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's because I care more than everybody else, Sue. <laughs> I care the most. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 like uh you're Yelich. I am Yelich, exactly. Pulling the Yelich. I am. I'm taking people to the game on That's my own. Great. Yeah. Very cool, Steve. No, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I, I don't think I've Oh, yeah, we went to one baseball game together. We went to a Yankees game when we were on the air in New York. right. With the bleacher creatures. Oh, with the, bleacher, with the creatures. bleacher creatures. I still hear from the guy that's sort of the head of the bleacher creatures, you Tom do? the Sheriff. I hear from him on Facebook all the time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we fell in with that group. That was a fun group that we oh, used God. to talk to from uh, the the Yankee fans. I forget, were, were the Yankees good or bad at that point? Oh, no, my phone. What is it doing on? What's uh, it doing on? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, take the call. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I would if it was like Kathy Ladman, I would have taken the call. Yeah. We should get Kathy on the show. Yeah, we should. For sure. Very funny stand-up. Very funny stand-up. Um, we, oh, I know why we, we fell in with them is because they changed the ruling for drinks after the seventh inning. They were cutting them off where the bleacher creatures sat or something. Oh, okay. So after the seventh inning, you weren't allowed to buy booze. You weren't allowed to buy booze. And I took the stance that it was the right thing to do. And you took the stance that it wasn't. And when we got to the stadium, they hated me. (laughs) That's right. They hated you. Because you wanted to cut the drinking time down. And they, I remember I was one of the, one of the guys came over to shake my hand. And when I went to shake his hand, he did one of those, like pulled his hand up, you know? And I looked and I'm like, you invited us here. We're here. Okay. So, you know, don't be an asshole to me, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and then I remember. They did. They hated you, Sue. And then I, I remember at one point I went, I stood up. I think I was going to the bathroom or something. And they were like, oh, typical, leaving, you know, early. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to pee. I said, we're not. And we had to get up at like, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it was a night game. Oh, that's and, right. And and I was like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I don't leave baseball games. I'm yeah. going to the bathroom. You know, it's like any move I made was like the wrong one. And then they came up with that song. The horse, you know, that Sue Kalinske is a horse's ass. <laughs> Do you remember that song? <laughs> Sue Kalinsky is a horse. Sue Kalinsky. Sue Kalinsky. Sue Kalinsky is a horse's ass. She's the meanest. She sucks the biggest penis. Sue Kalinsky is a horse's ass. I can't, remember. I can't believe you remember the lyrics to that oh, hit song. How can song I forget? WNEW they sang it New the York. Whole, they sang it like a lot of the game. And then they used to call in too. Oh, yeah. Tom, the sheriff would call in and he'd beat up on you. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I, I, this blows me out. I don't know why they cut off alcohol sales at games. We're all grown ups. Well, I think, you know, a lot we of all people, have personal responsibility. 
Well, I mean, nobody's really monitoring how many drinks people are having. It's not like you're going to one bartender. Who no, there's like that off. seventh inning. I'm coming back from the concession stand with four beers. Moment. With four beers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and people were driving. I mean, look, a lot of people took public transportation, but a lot of people drove to the game. So, yeah. you know. Ah, oh, the good old days. Sue Kalinsky. Sue Kalinsky. That was a hit song back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I, I say we call it. I think I, we got dolphin sex. Yeah. We got Sue Kalinsky as a horse's ass. We got the world chess champion complaining. We've got a gigantic <laughs> drum. I think we've covered the world from top to bottom today. <laughs> right. right. This really was world news. World news today. All right. By the way, Sue, big news. This is May, uh, uh, Culture Pop Podcast number 141. Wow. Yeah. 141 in like two years. That's, that's, that's very impressive. That's impressive. That's impressive. Most people quit their podcast at some point. Right. Not us. We're going to keep doing this. Uh -uh. Keep cranking away Mm -hmm. till one of us dies. And then it's a solo show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, If it's you, I'm going to keep going. If it's me, you're going to keep going. Okay. Well, you'll never know. (laughs) we'll never know won't hear those last few shows all right uh sue fun today don't forget who makes this show possible so i've i don't know if i've told this story on the show he reminded me this week so i was involved this was last year maybe 2019 i was involved in a car accident in downtown la and i was at the scene of the accident and I have this number emblazoned in my head because I do so many commercials for him. Um, and I called him from the scene of the accident, 844-24-JACOB. Jacob showed up right away. And the thing he points out is, and he says more and more people are doing this, you don't want to talk to the insurance company yourself. Like when you're in an accident, the insurance company will come in and they'll try to make you a low ball offer that afternoon. You don't talk to the insurance company. You want somebody like Jacob to handle that for you. Jacob has been doing this for two decades in this town. Jacob, who is the biggest and the best. It's not an accident that those billboards are everywhere and you see him on TV and you hear about him uh, with me on the radio. I mean, he is, he is the biggest and he will get you maximum compensation. So remember the number 844 Jacob. That's 844 Jacob. 844 Jacob. Or remember the catchy jingle accident or injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call, Call Jacob. Jacob. Uh, okay. I'll take it. All right. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah, we're you know we're we're a couple of inches away from the hole on that one. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we were. Um, all right. Uh, thank you very much. Hey, if you're listening right now, don't forget the nicest, uh, kindest, most uh, excited thing you can do for us is to hit the subscribe button. Whether you're on Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to leave a rating and to leave a review. I was going to do a little contest. I, I'm not going to do it right now, but I was going to do a little contest. For uh, everybody who leaves a review um, on a particular week, we'll do uh, we'll put all their names into a hat, and then we will give them a prize of some kind. I was thinking about doing that. I, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll we do should that have we should too. have some games on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, coming up, by the way, on the next show, we've got uh, Charlie Cox, who is on a fantastic show called Kin, which is an Irish family crime drama and it is so good Mm. and he's great in it he's great Mm -hmm. in it so that's uh coming up for you in the uh on the next show sue fun today thank you very much yes my pleasure steve and uh, we will see you next time on the culture pop podcast